You're listening to The Gary Harris Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. The Gary Harris Show. You see him host Tider Insider TV, Crimson Tide Kickoff, play-by-play for Alabama sports, and sports director for WVUA 23. It's time for The Gary Harris Show on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Good morning, everybody, and welcome in to the TGIF edition of the Gary Harris Show for this Friday, December 15, 2023. We're just 10 days away from Christmas. I know that's hard to fathom, uh, just how quickly this year has passed by, and we're getting ready for a new year. First, though, we got the Christmas holidays, and of course, Alabama football is the dominant topic this week as the Tide gets ready to crank up practice for the Rose Bowl and the uh, CFP semifinal in Pasadena on Saturday. The Tide will get back on the practice field. Of course, basketball with a big game Saturday against uh, Creighton out in Omaha. We're going to cover all that for you this morning on the TGIF edition of the show. Have all that terrific weekend music. Get you in a festive mood, a good mood for the weekend. First, though, I have to tell you, as always, this hour, the Gary Harris Show being brought to you by Alabama Credit Union. Member-owned and not-for-profit, it really is just a better way of banking. I encourage you to find out more at alabamacu.com. That's alabamacu.com. Of course, you can get by and see them at uh, one of their many locations around the state of Alabama. And I'd also like to remind you that you can uh, have an opportunity when you join Alabama Credit Union to carry your Roll Tide pride with the official credit card of the Alabama Alumni Association. Find out more at alabamacu.com. Or as I said, get by and see them at one of their great locations. Alabama Credit Union loans for real life. Some rules and restrictions do apply. See if you're eligible for membership. Then join today and feel good about your money. Ample extra change in your pocket. All right, I'm Gary Harris, Justin Jones right there on the other side of the glass. I see we got Wyatt in there hanging out with us this morning as well. We always like to have a crew on Fridays because, like I said, you got to get geared up, man. It's, it's uh, you know, the weekend, I guess, officially Saturday and Sunday, but Friday is the lead into the weekend. As I've said before, it's my favorite day of the week because the hype of the weekend, even if you're having to work, uh, you know that the weekend is coming. So it's a great day, and we got a good show on tap for you. Uh, let me run it down for you once again today. Adam Amin getting caught in the air. Justin, he's on a flight, so he's not going to be able to be with us this morning, but we've got a good guest list. Charlie Potter from BamaOnline.com, Bama beat writer for um, – BOL does a great job with uh, covering Alabama, has for a long time, part of the On3 Sports Network. He'll be with us at 9.30. Break down all things Bama with Charlie Potter. Then at 10.30, it'll be the Auburn Report with Brett Pritchard from the Auburn Blitz. So we'll get a big dose of Alabama at 9.30 and a good dose of Auburn at 10.30. All the way in between your phone calls, uh, some good interaction here with the team, and uh, just excited to be here this morning. Uh, I'm not going to do headlines this morning, but I'm going to touch on a couple of notes we mentioned this yesterday Jalen Milrow on a uh, show the uh, next round said that he is going to come back for another season of eligibility he is a third year sophomore meaning he's eligible for the draft but he could also come back for another could actually technically come back for two years but you would expect next year would be his um his only year to come back and, and play, but uh, Jalen Milrow going to be back, so Alabama's quarterback situation is set for 2024. Also, uh, this is interesting. Alabama has hired ex-Michigan assistant George Hilo to the coaching staff. That's according to uh, different reports. Hilo served as Michigan's linebackers coach in 2021 and 2022 under Jim Harbaugh. He and Michigan mutually parted ways in February shortly after Michigan brought back Chris Partridge from Ole Miss to coach the linebackers, and Hilo did not coach this season. Why is this noteworthy? Well, 
for one, it's always noteworthy when Saban hires a coach, but hiring this guy to be on the staff right before the college football playoff semifinal at the Rose Bowl, Justin, tells you all you need to know. Not only is he a good coach, he actually was at Alabama in 2012 as a graduate assistant, so there's a connection here, but the the intel that he provides for Michigan, having just coached there in 2021 and 2022, will no doubt be a help to the Alabama staff. So Nick Saban, while you're uh, while you're playing checkers, he's playing chess. That's just the way it goes with with Nick Saban. He is that uh, he's that kind of coach. Thursday night football last night. We talk a lot about the NFL in this program. And Justin, this is what makes it crazy is that last Sunday, you can grab the mic on this and give me your thoughts. The Raiders scored zero points. They got beat three to nothing Sunday by the Minnesota Vikings. I'm talking about zero points. Zero points. Got shut out. They come back last night and set the franchise scoring record. They hung 63 on the Chargers. 63 to 21. All right. Brandon Staley, as far as I know, has not been fired yet. The Chargers coach. I think the end is near. But is that unbelievable? You go from zero to 63? I think three-game losing streak, you scored zero touchdowns, and then you go out yesterday night and set the franchise highest scoring game. Absolutely. It's incredible. It's incredible. 63 points, man. 63 points. So the Raiders with um, Antonio Pierce's interim coach, you're going to have to make a decision on him. I mean, he's done a good job. So we will see what uh, what happens there. But if you're the Chargers right now, um, you've got, um, Herbert out for the rest of the season, your quarterback. And I mean, it's, uh, it, it feels like that team that those players have just lost faith in, in, in Brandon Staley. He, uh, he's saying, of course, all the right things. He says that he should be the coach and players still believe in him and, um, that he believes in himself and, but, when you get 63 hung on you by your rival, it was 42. Uh, the, the Raiders got 42 in the first half. You don't see that much in the NFL. Sometimes in college, but you don't see it much where teams score 42 on you in the first half. But also, Draymond Green, we talked about uh, him getting, getting indefinitely suspended. And now uh, the organization is saying that, um, you know, Steve Kerr, the head coach, uh, the GM, all saying that Draymond just needs, you know, needs some time. And nobody's going to rush him back and that he's got to figure some things out. And uh, this has gone from them trying to protect him and make uh, excuses for him to now we love him and uh, you want him on your team. But we all recognize that uh, that some stuff has got to change. So we'll see what happens with uh with Draymond Green. So anyway, that's some stuff that's going on this morning, and we are ready to go here on the First and Main Condos Hotline at 205-342-9904. I see we got a couple phone calls, so let's go ahead. Corey's been waiting, and um, also Tom. Let's lead it off with Tom this morning. Corey, you hold tight, and we'll get to you as well. Good morning, Tom. Hey, what's up, buddy? Beautiful day. Yeah, it is. It is. And um, I, I've got a question. I uh, was talking with Philip earlier this morning, and uh, we were discussing about uh, kids that may be coming in early that signed uh, in the recruiting class last year, you know, and are eligible to come in early. Right. And uh, I don't know, maybe you don't ever think about it, but uh, I wonder who who they are in uh, – we know that they are allowed to practice That's right. with the team during the holidays. 
But I, we wasn't sure exactly when they're allowed to come in. And then, too, uh, somebody was telling me, not an authority or anything, but we were just kind of discussing, uh, you know, the advantages of coming in early and all that kind of stuff right there. And uh, But uh, I was told that the, the kids that come in are allowed to travel with the team to the ball game. They can't play but they are allowed to travel. Is that true? The travel part, I'll have to double check in. Uh, as far as I know, yeah, those players that are planning on on uh, signing in next week are allowed to come in and practice. And, and I've got a list of those guys that are expected to to be able to uh, be available for for practice. Uh, Julian saying the quarterback, Jalen Mbakwe, uh, the great quarterback who played quarterback for Clay Chalkville, offensive lineman Casey Poe, uh, cornerback Xavier Brown, cornerback Jameer Grimsley, edge rusher Sterling Dixon, offensive lineman uh, William Sanders from Brookwood, uh, Jeremiah Beeman, a defensive lineman from Parker High School in Birmingham, uh, safety Drake Kirkpatrick Jr., safety Rodarius Red Morgan, defensive lineman Isaiah Faga, tight end Caleb Odom, Linebacker Justin Okoronkwo, uh, let me get this right. Okoronkwo, uh, offensive lineman Joseph Ayanata, safety Peyton Woodyard, and also, uh, linebacker Caden Jones. They are all expected to come in and begin practicing with the team My in God, preparation for the bowls. And yes, I do think that they can. Right there. Huh? I said that's two teams right there. Well, they, I do think they're allowed to go. I'll have to double check on this, but if they're allowed to practice with the team, um, then they should be allowed to go take part in the bowl practices, I'm assuming, because that's part of the, that's part of the oh, pregame I know practices. They can, they can but I, but I'll have to double check on that for sure. But no, they'll, they'll get a jump start on everything and then they'll start classes in January. But uh, those are the guys that according to, um, you know, reports are expected to be in here and be part of December Bowl practice. Excellent. Thank you, Gary. Thank you, Tom. Appreciate you. All right, we're going to go ahead and get to the break and uh, leave plenty of time for Corey on the other side. So, Corey, you hold tight. We'll get to you. Uh, yeah, it's a good uh, good opportunity for these players to to get in here and, and get to work. And then, you know, also, of course, you get to go through spring. But to be acclimated to what the college game is like is uh, pretty cool for these guys that sign in December and want to come in early. All right, we'll, uh, as I said, get to Corey on the other side. This is the Gary Harris Show on Tide 100.9 FM, 1230 AM, WTBC, the uh, Tide 109 app and Tide109.com. We'll be back after this. This season of Alabama football on Tide 100.9 brought to you by Birmingham Racecourse Casino. Just a few minutes away where you can be a winner too. From the University of Alabama, this is Crimson Tide Today. It's a daily update on Bama sports, and it's brought to you by Guthrie's. America's original chicken finger restaurant is now an official partner of the Alabama Crimson Tide. For franchise information, visit Guthrie'sChicken.com. Hello again, everybody. I'm Roger Hoover. As we get set for Alabama men's basketball to face Creighton on Saturday, here are some thoughts from color analyst Brian Passink. Uh, this schedule is so tough. This may be, uh, these next two games may be two of the toughest on the schedule, at least from a, you know, from an analytic standpoint, this three game stretch is the toughest individual three games all back to back to back. Uh, but going to Omaha, Creighton is always good at home. Uh, they're a top 10 caliber team, a, a team that uh, can absolutely go to a final four and, and, and compete for a national championship. 
Uh, so if you can compete with teams like this, which Alabama definitely competed against Purdue, unfortunately didn't win the game. Uh, but hopefully you can get over the hump. It's going to start on defense and continue to do what you're doing on the offensive end because uh, that has been a bright side for this team. I'll have more in a moment. Founded in Haleyville, Alabama in 1965 by Hal and Melissa Guthrie, Guthrie's was America's first chicken finger restaurant. Guthrie still uses the family's original southern fried chicken recipe in every chicken finger they serve, fresh, hot, and fast. Guthrie's Golden Fried Chicken Fingers has been Alabama-owned and operated for over 58 years and is still going strong. Come see us soon. Guthrie's, America's original chicken finger restaurant and now an official partner of the Alabama Crimson Tide. For franchise information, visit Guthrie'sChicken.com. We've got you covered for Alabama men's basketball at number 8 Creighton on Saturday. Our radio coverage across the network from Omaha will start at 6 p.m. Central, leading you up to tip-off at 7 p.m. Crimson Tide Today is brought to you by Guthrie's. Crimson Tide Today is a production of the Crimson Tide Sports Network from Learfield. Patterson Comer is dedicated to serving our clients at Patterson Comer. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. The sky partly to mostly sunny today, the high 62. Tonight, increasingly cloudy with a low at 43. Tomorrow, cloudy with occasional rain, likely the high 60. Sunday, any lingering rain ending during the morning, gradual clearing the high 58. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 50 degrees in Tuscaloosa. You see him on WVUA 23 covering sports and on Tider Insider TV on Tuesday nights. Don't miss a minute of the Gary Harris Show. Weekdays from 9 to 11 on Tide Justin Jones, Wyatt Fulton, all hanging out with you here this morning here on the program. And uh, we got Charlie Potter from BamaOnline.com coming up at 930. Right now, we're jumping back out on the First Domain Condominiums Hotline, presented by First Domain Condominiums, luxury condominiums in historic downtown Northport, and talk with our pal Corey from over in Trussell. Hey, good morning, Corey. Good morning, Gary. How are you doing this morning? Doing well, my friend. Hey, uh, did, did Alabama <clears throat> add to its credentials of all Americans? I think we had a 146 uh did we go up on that? We did. We did. We got uh, uh, Dallas Turner is a consensus All-American. Uh, he was not unanimous. He did not make the uh, Walter Camp team, but he's a consensus All-American. And then there were several others that made one or two teams, um, but he was the one that is a first-team All-America out of uh, three of the four major All-America services. But... Uh, I don't know, Justin. Do you recall if anybody else was a first-team All-America? I know there were some second-team All-Americans for sure. Kool-Aid, um, Terry and Arnold, Terry. Um, but I think Dallas Turner might have been the only consensus first-team All-America. Is that right, Corey? Does that sound right to you? Yeah, yeah, it sounds right to me. Um, but you know, when Ryan Fowler runs through the credentials at five o'clock, he. But I think we may have went went up one on the. All-Americans that were first-team All-Americans. Yeah, I think that's Dallas Turner added to the list. Yeah, yeah. So it's not as not as strong this year as it usually is. But, um, you know, you get the feeling that next year, um, you know, this team's going to go in uh, 
a lot higher, uh, you know, well, it was highly thought of this year, but you know what I mean. There's a chance next year coming if they sit in the playoff this year to add to that All-America total. But this was a really good team, but it did not have those uh, outside of Turner and, um, you know, as, as a guy who was just dominant throughout the year. And uh, so some really good players, but not as many All-Americans as usual. Regardless of what happens going forward, if you had to take an educated guess, who would you expect to return? Because we know, we know, we pretty much know who's going to leave. But I know Jalen said he's coming back, but who would you think would return? Because um, it could determine whether we could have a decent year or not. Yeah, certainly you can run through. And I'm looking up, uh, like I said, uh, Dallas Turner is a consensus All-American. Other uh players that were named to one or more All-America teams, either second, you know, first, second, or third team, as I mentioned, were Kool-Aid McKinstry, uh, Terry and Arnold, uh, J.C. Latham. Let's see here. Who else? Um, those are those are some. And I'm going to try to go through all this. Um, yeah, Kay, Caleb Downs, the freshman, Will Reichard. Uh, yeah, they all made you know, either first, second, or third team. But uh, Turner is the consensus, only consensus first team All-American. Uh, yeah, getting back to who's going to come back, uh, you know, you never know for sure. Uh, Milrose already said he's coming back. My expectation, let's talk about players that are eligible for the draft that could return. On the offensive line, Proctor's got to come back. Um, Booker's got to come back. McLaughlin, I don't know if he's an NFL prospect or not. He's uh He's eligible to come back. I think that he might move on, even if he doesn't play pro football, uh, because of the length of time that he's been here and the degrees that he has already uh, garnered. But he, you know, he could still come back. Uh, Roberts at right guard is going to come back. My expectation is that Latham at right tackle will go to the draft. Um, Burton, the wide receiver, is going to be gone. Of course, Bond's got to come back. Uh, running back wise, I think both McClellan and Roydell Williams are going to go. Miller's got to come back. Haynes has got to come back. Young has got to come back. Tied in wise, Dupree, this is his final year. Uh, he'll be moving on. Uh, I think that's right. And let's see. Uh, Nye Black's got to come back. Uh, the rest of the young wide receivers that play are all coming back on defense. My expectation is that Turner will go. Uh, Braswell will go. Um, Smith, the interior defensive lineman, will go. A Boygby certainly will go. It's his last year. Um, Otis has got to come back. Keenum's got to come back. Lawson's got to come back. Um, let's see. Trez Marshall, I think, is either out of eligibility or expected not to be back. Obviously, Campbell's got to come back. And the secondary, Kool-Aid's probably going to go. <clears throat> Arnold, I don't know what his status is. I think he's eligible to go. Um, of course, obviously, kid from up your way, the, the, the safety. Help me out, Corey. My name just... Malachi Moore. Yeah, Malachi Moore, is, uh, this is his last year. So he's going to go. Caleb, Caleb Downs is a true freshman, so he's got to come back. Reichert is gone. Uh, the punter, Burnett, will be back. So that's just off the top of my head. I... I you know, you've got a good mix of guys coming back for this team. And uh, you got, you're going to lose some. Malachi, they should be really good. Malachi Moore actually has another year left. Yeah, but I don't think the expectation is that he's going to come back. Yeah, I would agree. Unless the draft tells him, unless they don't get a good draft grade, which he hasn't played bad this year, but 
ever since that back injury, you just never really seen him have like a breakout year from that injury. Mm-hmm. But but unless unless he gets a good draft grade. I, I could see him come back for one more year. And let's be clear on this. The only reason that he is eligible to come back is that he came in in the COVID year because he's played four yeah. years. Um, yeah, that's right. He's played 20, 21, 22, and 23. I mean, he, you know, he played a lot right out of high school. I mean, he was, he started as a true freshman. So, uh, started, you know, 11 games, uh, as a true freshman. So you're right. He is, uh, technically eligible to come back because again, anybody that came in, you know, 2020 or before, uh, qualifies for the COVID year. And, you know, I guess you're right. I mean, I guess he could look and survey the, the, um, the situation and come back as a graduate student if he chooses to. But again, my expectation is that, that he will move on, but who knows? But they're going to have, listen, with all those offensive linemen coming back and that offensive line is, is just gotten better and better. The quarterback coming back, um, you know, they've got uh, the, you know, even though the losing the top two running backs, as far as the depth chart's concerned, we know what Jam, Jam Miller can do. We're excited about Justice Haynes and Richard Young. This uh, this team's going to be really strong next year, really strong. And now you've got uh, Milrow coming back, not as a guy that, you know, we're trying to figure out, but as a guy who is the uh, leader of the team and an All-American and Heisman candidate going into next year. So it looks really good in 2024. What did you think of the schedule release that came out? Uh, last night. Talked a lot about it yesterday, uh, cause it actually came out on, on Wednesday night, but, uh, talked a ton about it. Uh, the thing about this SEC schedule is that with Oklahoma and Texas coming in to, um, to the league is that everybody's schedule gets tougher. And I think Alabama's is, I, th- I think it's tough. I, I really, I really, really, really do. I mean, uh, you've got, first of all, you've only got seven home games because they're playing the extra road game at Wisconsin. So just like this year, you only got seven home games. You know, a lot of schools have eight, but you've got seven. You know, you open up with two home games, though, which is good, versus Western Kentucky and then South Florida. Then you go to Wisconsin on September 14th, which is a uh, a big, big road game against the Pac-10 team, then you have your first buy, double buy year. You don't get that often. It has happened, but you get it this year. So you play your first three, then you get a buy, then you are at home against Georgia, at Vandy, home against South Carolina, at Tennessee, and home against Missouri before you hit your second buy. And then the final four-game stretch, other than the home game against Mercer, you're at LSU, at Oklahoma, and at home against Auburn. So you're at LSU on November 9th, home against Mercer on the 16th, at Oklahoma on the 23rd, and home against Auburn on the 30th. And when you look at that Oklahoma game, not only is that a huge game and you play it the week before you play the Iron Bowl, but you also can factor in that in November, late November in Norman, Oklahoma, sometimes the weather can be nasty. not saying that it will be, but it can be. You know, they get they get snow out there. They get really cold temperatures sometimes at that time of the year. So I think it's a tough schedule, but it's tough for everybody this year in the league. I mean, there's some well, there's some tough games for all of these teams. Well, the way I look at it is outside of the back end, it is kind of balanced because you get a bye week before you play Georgia. I know Georgia does too. Before you go to Tennessee, you get Vanderbilt and South Carolina. Kind of a kind of a uh, ease into the, into the third Saturday in October. Get a bye week before you play LSU, and I know LSU does too. But then the back end really cranks up with LSU, uh, Oklahoma, and Auburn. But we know Auburn always struggles coming to Bryant-Denny. You go to an unfamiliar territory going to Oklahoma, 
but then you get Mercer before you play Oklahoma. So uh, it, it kind of balances itself out a little bit. But like you said, it is a tough schedule. Um, I, I, of course, we'll discuss this way down the road what 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 will happen. But uh, it, it, it's just fun seeing these matchups because old robberies come back and new robberies can be created. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. There's no doubt about it. It's going to be exciting. Hey, Corey, got to run, man. Thank you for the phone call. Have a great weekend, my friend. You too, Gary. Roll Tide. All right. Good to hear from uh, Corey there in Trustful. It is 928 here on the Gary Harris Show. We are off and running. And the YMCA is where you can get off and running for the new year and get in the best shape of your life. They can certainly help you reach all your fitness goals with their personal training, fitness classes, and uh, just in general, a great atmosphere to work out in. Get by and see them at the YMCA, 2313th Street. Jeff Knox, the CEO, and all the staff there, they're friendly, they're uh, knowledgeable, and uh, the group of people that work out there, it almost is like a family, a community of people that are all like-minded, wanted to, uh, wanting to get in shape and do so in a great, great atmosphere. That's the YMCA of Tuscaloosa, 2313th Street. Find out more at ymcatuscaloosa.org. We'll be back with Charlie Potter, a Bama beat writer for Bama Online com part of the on three sports network talking bama basketball and football next right here on the gary harris show it's time to ring in the new year right bama a winner over the georgia bulldogs claiming the sec title it's the alabama crimson tide and the michigan wolverines in the college football playoff semifinal at the rose bowl our coverage starts at 1 on New Year's Day on your home for Alabama football. Brought to you by Birmingham Racecourse. BirminghamRacecourse.com. You can be a winner, too. Wait for when your finances are in perfect order. It just happens. But no matter what surprises come your way, Alabama Credit Union will be here to help make it affordable with great personal loans, mortgages, and auto loans. They offer an easy application process and fast decisions so you can stay focused on feeling good about whatever life brings your way. Alabama Credit Union will be here to help make it affordable with great personal loans, mortgages, and auto loans. Alabama Credit Union, loans for real life. Visit alabamacu.com to learn more. Some rules and restrictions apply. See if you're eligible for membership, then join today and feel good about your money. Your home for Alabama Crimson Tide football. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Nine thirty-two. Look out, weekend. Welcome back into the Gary Harris Show. We're going to jump out on the first and main condominiums hotline and welcome in longtime Alabama beat writer for BamaOnline.com, part of the On Three Sports Network. Charlie Potter is uh, joining us on the show this morning. Good morning, Charlie. Morning, Gary. How's it going? Doing great. Great to have you. I want to talk about some uh, topics of, of interest with Alabama football and basketball. Let's start with uh, Jalen Milrow. Nobody's surprised by this, but he said yesterday on the. Uh, Next round show out of Birmingham that he is planning coming back for a fourth year of eligibility. Of course, he's a redshirt sophomore, so he is draft eligible. But now, as he has established himself as the leader and the starting quarterback, he'll come back next year in 2024 with an opportunity to be an All-America candidate and a Heisman Trophy candidate. Just your reaction to uh, Milrow's announcement. Yeah, I don't think it's a surprise to anyone that Milrow will be back. I think it's big that he announced it. Um, it. It is a situation where he had a lot of people asking um, you know, where was he going to go? Cause I think people see that word sophomore and then think, well, he's, he couldn't turn pro, but this is his third year in the program. 
uh, academically, he's currently a junior. He's actually graduated this weekend, right. uh, which is impressive to do in three years. But no, it, it's usually getting back next year. The strides that he's made as a player have been um, maybe as impactful as any on Alabama's roster this season. And yeah, I mean, he should enter next season as one of the, the top candidates for the Heisman Trophy. He finished sixth this year. And if he can continue to improve uh, as he has, then yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be a huge year for Milro next year, and it's big to have him back. You know, Charlie, there's a lot of uh, you know theories on what happened early in the year, but I want to, you know, I've got you on the show. I want to ask you what you think happened. I mean, obviously coming out of spring, there was some concern with Tommy Reese, the first-year offensive coordinator, about the quarterback position. Uh, neither uh, Milro or Ty Simpson had really grabbed the job. There was even, you know, a lot of talk about uh, Lonergan, the true freshman. They bring in Tyler Buckner from Notre Dame, who played for Reese there, and clearly, you know, you would think, you would think that Reese was the one that spearheaded that move. And you get into the season, Milrow has a really good game against Middle Tennessee, and then against Texas, they lose. And, you know, he made some plays in that game, but he also, you know, had a lot of mistakes. And then it happened. You know, he's benched. They go to South Florida. Uh, Buckner gets the start, struggles. Simpson comes in. Thankfully, they win the game. Um, I always got the impression, and then you come back and, it, you know, Milrow plays against Ole Miss, and he never looked back. I always kind of got the impression that, you know, it was like, hey, all right, we're going to go to South Florida, Tommy. I'm, I'm, you know, from Saban's perspective, we're going to we're going to give Buckner a shot. And then after that game, I just always felt like it was Saban just saying, "All right, Milrow's the guy. It's your job to get him prepared, build the offense around him." And then they kind of took off. What, you know, what? How did you feel like that went down? Because it's still kind of strange the way that played out. It is, and I agree with what you said there toward the end. Um, you know, I know hearing from Nick Saban. Uh, multiple times now, he's he's mentioned how he doesn't like to call it uh, a benching for Milrow. That's essentially what happened, though. I do think they did want to give the other guys opportunities after what happened in the Texas game. And, you know, no slight to, to South Florida because we saw how that game turned out. But uh, I think that was a good opportunity to do that. Um, now, Tyler Butner did not take advantage of that opportunity. And I thought Ty Simpson did some, some good things in that game uh, down in Tampa which was why I think that Monday when Nick Saban came out that Jalen Miller was the guy was a little bit of a surprise. But, you know, in hindsight, um, a, a kind of a masterful move by Nick Saban. You go out uh, after a loss, you give some other guys an opportunity. Um, you, you light a fire under the guy that uh, was your starter to begin the season, and now he's the guy that, like we just talked about, finished sixth in the Heisman Trophy voting. So um, I do think that it's a situation where, um, you're right. They exited the spring. It wasn't, uh, settled at the quarterback position. There are a lot of question marks still there. You have a guy that enters the portal that's familiar with your offensive coordinator. You give him an opportunity to come in and compete. Uh, he did that. Uh, Milrow and Simpson were pretty much still the top guys going into the season, but they wanted to get Buckner an opportunity. They did against a, an opponent that Alabama, um, Probably if they had Jalen Miller behind center, that game's nowhere close to being seventeen to three or whatever the final score was. But I do think that having seen what they did on the field, um, and then knowing what they have in Jalen Milrow, you know, yes, cater to his strengths, build the offense around him, and I think that started to show as the season progressed and now they're doing a lot of things that make Jalen Milrow just one of the most dangerous players in the country. So uh, it was a, an interesting journey to get to this point, but, um, you know, the way that it, that it worked out, I think 
it worked out for all parties. Yeah, it certainly did. It's, it's worked out for Alabama football. And I guess that's why Nick Saban is Nick Saban, Charlie. I mean, early in the year, I mean, there were so many people in, in our business, too, that were ready to pile on the guy, say it was over. They were going to be a four or five loss team. Um, the end was near and, and we've seen him do this, reinvent himself, if you will, time and time again. But, um, you know, he's, he's the best for a reason. And, uh, when a lot of people were counting Alabama out and counting him out, uh, you know, I, I listened to a lot of the pundits, Charlie, well, they'll lose to Ole Miss. Well, they'll lose at A&M. Well, they, because they survived there, but Tennessee will get them. LSU will get them. And then eventually it just came down. Well, if they do get to, you know, SEC championship game, no way they beat Georgia. And Alabama just kept on winning. I, I think it, again, it's, you know, we can all question, we can all look at different things in a program, but when you've got Nick Saban as your head coach, um, you know, you, you're ahead of everybody else, in my opinion, because he is the GOAT. Yeah, I mean, Brooks and Clark's right two times a day, right? And it is a situation where people are just – people have those stories ready. Mm-hmm. It's like they, they work on them all off season and they're just ready to fire them off, or at least the takes. And, you know, it's, it's a situation, too. I, I remember before the SEC Championship game – you know, making score predictions, which is one of the, the least serious things you can really right. do. Yeah. Um, you know, people just be like, why would, why would you pick Alabama to win this game? It's like, why wouldn't you pick Alabama to win this game? Look at the track record. Um, it's a situation where Nick Saban has built the best program in college football. Um, and just to think that because there are some bumps in, in the road, that it's going to be, you know, the, the thing's going to fall off the rails is, is almost a little laughable. Um, I do think this is one of his best coaching jobs. And I think hearing from him, um, the expectations for this year's team, at least for what he had himself, weren't as high as, as other teams. And I think that's why he's having so much fun and enjoys coaching this group so much because they have uh, made the most of their opportunities. Um, obviously, the loss to Texas is something that they – I uh, didn't want to have happen, but they've they've built on that. They've faced adversity. They've come out on top since then. And yeah, I mean, it's a program that has some of the best players, some of the best coaches, some of the best resources in the country. And when those guys uh, are locked in, and then they've done what they have done over the past ten plus years, you know, they can beat any team in the country. So it, it is a situation where I think people want to see Alabama fail. That Bama fatigue mm-hmm. uh, narrative is real. Uh, but, you know, Nick Saban proves time and time again that, uh, you know, give him an opportunity and they can get the job done. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. An example of, you know, how he is playing chess when most of us are playing checkers. Uh, the report coming out yesterday that uh, George Hilo, former Michigan linebackers coach, has been hired or is going to be hired and joining the staff in time for these bowl preparations. We don't know what his role will be, you know, going forward, but he'll be here and be available. And he was just on the Michigan staff in 2021 and 2022. So uh, he's got a connection to Alabama, having been a graduate assistant here under Nick and, and uh, Saban and Kirby Smart back in 2012, but uh, you know, here's Nick Saban again. You know, finding a way to get an edge with uh, Hilo coming in. Yeah, I mean, chestnut checkers. The guy's always on top of it, and it is interesting though the timing of it, uh, given his ties to the Michigan program. And it, it is funny to see the meltdown from that standpoint, uh, just because of what Michigan's kind of done all season yeah. long. Uh, but you know, it, it is. I, I think it's smart because. You know, like you said, the the position hasn't been fully announced yet. It kind of seems like a, an analyst role uh, to some extent. Um, 
you know, he's not going to be uh, one of the ten on-field coaches. But Alabama does have one of those spots coming available after uh, the, the season ends because Coleman Hustler mm-hmm. is going to be moving on to Mississippi State to be his defensive coordinator. Alabama needs a special teams coordinator and an outside linebackers coach. And, uh, you know, George Hilo is a guy that has that in his background. He also has ties to, to guys that are either currently on Alabama staff or have been on Alabama staff. And he's at Colorado State with, with current tight ends coach uh, Joe Cox. And then, you know, he uh, got his first on-field job as coaching safeties at Georgia uh, under then defensive coordinator Jeremy Pruitt. So he has ties to Alabama because, I mean, he was even a uh, an intern uh, at Alabama back in 2012, like you mentioned. So it's not just, hey, let's go pluck a random dude from that coached at Michigan to give uh, us an advantage. I don't think that's what Nick Saban's uh, full intent here is I think it certainly helps, but I think that the ties that he has to this program make a lot of sense for what Alabama could do down the road in terms of filling out his staff for the 2024 season too. Charlie Potter with us from BamaOnline.com, part of the On3 Sports Network, Bama Beat Writer, and, and talking some Bama football. We'll get to some Bama hoops here in, in just a, a moment. Um, when you look ahead to this matchup at the Rose Bowl and the college football playoffs semifinal, you are talking about a Michigan team that's 13-0 and and uh, the Big Ten champion ranked number one and even a slight favorite over Alabama in this game. Yet, I think when you, you start you know, looking at the two teams, I mean, and, and don't get me wrong, Michigan is really good, and they're athletic on defense. This is not a slow-plotting team that they've got there. But you look at their schedule, and I know they won at Penn State, and obviously they beat Ohio State, who is legit, but Iowa can't score. I mean, that's pitiful in, in, in the Big Ten. And the rest of their schedule, it just doesn't measure up to the, the grind that Alabama's had. Is that an advantage for Alabama, having played uh, what appears to be a much tougher schedule than Michigan? I think it is. Yeah, I think this Alabama Bama team will be the the best that Michigan faces, at least from just a dynamic standpoint. Um, Ohio State's a good team. Uh, Penn State is one of those teams that uh, it seems like they've been on the cusp but haven't been able to kind of get over that hump. But beyond that, yeah, it's, it's kind of tough. Um, you know, from a non-conference standpoint, Michigan didn't really play uh, anyone uh, to to mention. And you're right. I mean, I think. Defensively, they are really good. I think they're first in the nation in scoring defense. They're the only team that hasn't allowed or doesn't allow more than 10 points a game. Um, you know, they're sound against the run. They've been good against the pass. Um, you know, offensively, they have some weapons. We saw, uh, going back to those Heisman, uh, voting, uh, finishes, both JJ McCarthy, their quarterback and Blake Corn, their running back finished in the top 10. They have players. Um, you know, they're one of the best programs in the country. They're going to get guys that can play football. But, um, you know, they haven't faced a guy like Jalen Milrow this season. You know, they haven't faced uh, a defense that some of the players Alabama has um, on both sides of the ball this season. So I think it's going to be um, a challenging game, no doubt, um, especially with this lengthy prep before it. But we've seen how Alabama does in that situation. Uh, more often than not, you know, they, they come prepared and, and ready to play. But, um, you know, I think that given some of the um, the athletes that Alabama has, it's going to be a challenge for Michigan, too. It's going to be their toughest test of the season. And uh, it should be a fun game. But I, I think because of Alabama being battle-tested, like you alluded to, um, I give them a little bit of, of an edge in this. And their team that they're in, um, you know, they, they had to – to earn their way in, and I don't think they're going to squander that opportunity. 
Charlie, the um, current situation with college football, and this is actually, you know, all sports, but, you know, there's a lot of discussion about whether it's sustainable and, and so forth and so on. And, and, you know, Nick Saban has said in the past that, you know, there needs to be some type of, you know, control put on the portal and NIL and so forth. But, um, you know, you follow it. I mean, I always ask, you know, people keep saying somebody needs to do something. And I always say, who's going to do what? I mean, you know, what, what can be done? I mean, it is what it is. And, but the reality of it is, uh, and I think most of us that follow college football and are honest about it knew that name, image, and likeness, while it sounded good on paper, wasn't going to be name, image, and likeness. We knew it was going to be a recruiting slush fund. And now, Charlie, people don't even hide it. I mean, you know, you're recruiting quarterbacks out of the portal for two, three million dollars. And there's no discussion about, well, they're going to come in and represent this company and this company and this company. And this is how it's no, we got this money for you. We're going to pay you to come play for us. You're dealing with the portal right when you're trying to get ready to play bowl games or in Alabama's case college football playoff semifinal you've got a December signing day coming up next week so coaches on the road recruiting you're having to manage your own roster we saw Texas lose its backup quarterback to the portal going into a college football playoff semifinal game and there's just so much going on and and the game looks strong the ratings are good on TV but you do wonder I mean how healthy is this for college football uh, and and can something happen where we can manage all these things and in you know the portal the nil the early signing day the you know roster management issues um what do you make of it all yeah i mean it, it is a lot um you know outside of their their salary of course i do feel for college coaches because um they don't get a break mm-hmm. because you know this used to be a time where yeah they could get on the road a little bit but you still had until february that uh, old National Signing Day, which was, used to be almost a national holiday for college football fans, is an afterthought now because your your classes are basically wrapped up before Christmas. Um, and then you look at, at June now, the recruiting calendar shifted so much that that's when you know they have visitors and camps. There's just not a time for a break. So um, that in and of itself, before you even mention the portal in NIL, uh, is is crazy for college athletics and why you see coaches leaving for the NFL and things like that. But yeah, I mean, it's going to take some kind of legislation for there to be um, uniformity, I think in in the sport. Uh, I do think that, you know, it player, I don't have a problem with players uh, getting paid uh, now that it's available to them, more power to them. But from an institution standpoint, you know, there isn't any kind of parity. And uh, I think that's what Nick Saban has preached that, you want to have the same rules for everybody. Uh, he does throw out warnings, though, at the same time. If, if this is what you want college football to be, then so be it kind of deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is, a, it is a situation where it, it does feel a little dirty sometimes. You mentioned the, the quarterback um, the quarterback movement. It, that's, that's obviously uh, at the forefront. Um, just you see what NIL – uh, has become and what some institutions use it for. Um, but I, I do think that, yeah, the Malik Murphy situation in Texas, that's tough because I do think he wants to be around and to help his team mm-hmm. in any way he can to prepare for the college football playoff and to potentially win a national championship. But because of this 30-day window, right. you know, he has to also take advantage of the opportunity for himself and the future for himself because Quinn Ewers is going to be back in Austin next year as a starting quarterback. So, the calendar, um, the the lack of parameters, uh, everything that's, that's set up, it you know people are right when they call it the Wild Wild West, and um, it'll be interesting to see what happens, 
moving forward because again i think some kind of um legislation needs to happen for there to be any kind of just set guidelines or, or things like that for people to have to follow to keep this thing uh, from getting even crazier charlie bama gets back out on the practice field um on Saturday after a two-week break for the players, other conditioning, final exams, and so forth. And then I think they're going to go out to uh, Pasadena on the 26th. Um, mm-hmm. So you're going to get, you know, nine days of practice or so here in town and and or eight days before Christmas and then, of course, reconvene out there in Pasadena. But how important are these practices here in Tuscaloosa before you get out there uh, and, you know, you start your final preparations? How big is that, you know, those eight days or so that you're practicing here before you get on a plane? Yeah, I think they have a full week uh, before having basically a game week in California uh, is big. Um, I'm sure Alabama will focus plenty on Michigan, but you can also clean some things up. Uh, any extra practice time this time of year is advantageous because uh, I look at this as this is kind of the springboard for next year because uh, you're going to get some of these early enrollees on campus, I think actually a lot of them, uh, to go through bowl practices. They're not going to be guys that are going to be uh, compete in this game obviously but you know they get their their feet wet a little bit and they can you know help out in the scout team and and you know just learn how to navigate a college practice and that's always big it's big for players that are going to be stepping in as new roles next year because you know you're you're going to be losing players to the draft to graduation to the portal once the season ends but um more than anything i think at alabama uh, got some some time off, which after a, a lengthy season, add on an SEC championship game is a grind on the body, and they can you know kind of focus on recovery. And then you have seven practices in Tuscaloosa before a break for Christmas, three days I think, and then heading out to to California. So um, any extra practice time is big. Um, again, I think they can focus plenty on Michigan. I think they'll focus plenty on themselves as well, but. Um, you're right. I mean, getting on the practice field tomorrow, kind of once the semester ends and graduations happen, um, it'll be a time to, to kind of refocus on the task at hand. And, you know, we'll see, um, you know, how Alabama is able to take advantage of this. But they've they've done well with this in the past. I think Nick Saban has learned now, you know, going through, what, eight of these college football playoffs to kind of the, the sweet spot in terms of practices mm-hmm. before before Christmas in town. And um, I think that they're going to take advantage of that before heading out to California, like you said, the day after Christmas. All right, Charlie, time flies. Uh, we only got about a minute left. But for basketball, uh, a big game tomorrow night at Creighton. Uh, this is an incredibly difficult pre-conference schedule for, for Nate Oates and crew, and they're in a stretch of three top ten teams in a row. Played Purdue, lost a tough one in Toronto, Creighton in Omaha tomorrow night, then Arizona out in Phoenix on Wednesday. Um, yeah, these games look good on paper, and but you know, you'd like to you'd like to win one of them, and it, it appears that tomorrow night's the best opportunity out, out of the three. You've already lost to Purdue. Arizona is number one in the country, but Creighton come off and lost to UNLV. This is a game that uh, I think if you're Alabama basketball, you need to go out and grab. Yeah, I agree. Uh, of this three-game stretch, this seemed like the most attainable just because you look at Alabama and, and what we've seen so far, uh, you know, defense is still an area they need to improve. Uh, it is also a situation where I think in that game, more than any, you saw um, how much Alabama misses Charles Bediaco. Uh, you know, there that was a game that was set up for Charles anyway to be kind of a homecoming for the Toronto native. And, um, you know, going against a guy like Zach Eady, uh, Alabama just doesn't have the rim protection like you'd maybe expected to have this season. And, um, you know, I think that going into Creighton, it's going to be tough because this is a true road game in Omaha. 
and uh, they are coming off a loss. So I'm sure they'll be fired up, but it's, it's a good time for Alabama, too, coming off a loss of its own, to try to get back in the win column because it is, it is a tough um, non-conference slate. This is the toughest of the, the stretches. Um, but, you know, you, you schedule these to get exposed, to learn things about yourself before um, your conference play starts. And I think Alabama's learned quite a bit. It still has some things it needs to work on. Um, you know, I don't think some of the losses have been that bad. I think Clemson's actually a damn good team. Uh, I do think they wish they probably had the Ohio State game back. But uh, they have plenty to have learned from, to work on, and, and maybe we'll see the, the fruit of that labor uh, tomorrow night in, in Omaha, but this is a game, yeah, in this tough stretch against, you know, three top 10 teams, teams that are, I think, in the top 20 in both, uh, offensive and defensive, defensive efficiency in the nation, according to Kim Palm. Yeah, this is a game that, uh, of this stretch is, seems like the most winnable in Alabama needs to take advantage of that. All right, Charlie, great stuff. Tell everybody where they can find you. Yeah, just over at BamaOnline.com. Uh, the staff there does a great job, and uh, I share all their stuff on Twitter. And you know, I'll, I'll post all my stories and, and thoughts and everything there as well. And that's at Charlie underscore Potter. Thank you. Yeah, no problem, man. Thanks for having me. All right, nine fifty four. We'll take a break. Come back and wrap up this first hour of the TGIF edition of the Gary Harris Show. Right after this. Tide 100.9 and local banker. Osteroscos has been serving Mexican favorites like burritos, fajitas, and quesadillas since 1999. Their new location is at 4100 Owen Parkway in Northport. And, of course, you can find Los Roscos in Tuscaloosa at 110 Skyland Boulevard. The bar areas feature big screen television so you can enjoy your favorite sporting events. Los Roscos features daily happy hour specials. And for the best Mexican cuisine in West Alabama, remember, the name is Los Roscos with locations in Tuscaloosa and Northport. 100.9 Tuscaloosa weather. The sky partly to mostly sunny today, the high 62. Tonight, increasingly cloudy with a low at 43. Tomorrow, cloudy with occasional rain likely, the high 60. Sunday, any lingering rain ending during the morning, gradual clearing, the high 58. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 52 degrees in Tuscaloosa. You're listening to The Gary Harris Show. Alabama Sports, Tide 100.9, and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. All right, going to wrap it up uh, with the cure. Friday, I'm in love for hour number one. This hour has been brought to you by Alabama Credit Union. Hour number two is on the way. Brett Pritchard with the Auburn Report at 1030. More of your phone calls, more sports talk and analysis all coming up in the second hour of the Gary Harris Show. Keep it dialed in to Tide 100.9 FM and 1230 AM WTBC. and 11 Billy Sports Grill, located on Main Avenue in historic downtown Northport, has been serving their legendary signature chicken sandwich, award-winning wings, and handcrafted cocktails. Billy's is also the spot to watch all your favorite sporting events with big screen, high-definition televisions, both dining rooms, at the bar, and outside on the beautiful patio. Come by and say hello to Kim and Lisa, the Billy's management dream team. Billy's good food, good friends, and good time. WTBC Tuscaloosa and W265CG Tuscaloosa, a town square media station. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. 
from the Fox Sports Studios in Los Angeles. Here's Nick Cope. On a Thursday night football, we saw an all-time beatdown. The Raiders crushed the Chargers 63-21 after they were shut out by the Vikings just four days earlier. Aiden O'Connell threw four touchdown passes while the Vegas defense scored a pair of touchdowns. The 63 points scored by the Raiders and allowed by the Chargers both set franchise records. In the NBA, the Celtics beat the Cavs 116-107. Boston has the best record in the Eastern Conference at 18-5. The Timberwolves have the best record in the Western Conference. They're also 18-5 after handling the Mavericks 119-101. Clippers won their sixth in a row, 121-113 winners over the Warriors. And Nikola Jokic had a triple-double as the Nuggets knocked off the Nets 124-101. In baseball, reports say the Royals and outfielder Hunter Renfro have agreed to a two-year $13 million deal. Always live. Always local. Dependable news coverage. The latest news, only from the Tuscaloosa Thread Newsroom. Warrior Med Coal Company, which owns Brooklyn Coal Mines, suffered a massive data breach in July that has exposed employees' personal records and social security numbers to hackers. Civil rights leaders are demanding the firing and prosecution of a female reform police officer who tased a black male while in handcuffs. And after a decade in the position, Kentucky Executive Director Amy Eccles stepping down on January 1st. She will be replaced by Deputy Director Exa Skinner, who has held several positions with Kentucky over the last decade. For the latest local news in Tuscaloosa. Bama Sports Updates. And severe weather information. Download the free Tuscaloosa Thread app. Never pay for your news. And sign up for our daily newsletter with news updates. The Gary Harris Show. You see him host Tider Insider TV, Crimson Tide Kickoff, play-by-play for Alabama sports, and sports director for WVUA 23. It's time for the Gary Harris Show on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. And welcome back in, everybody, for hour number two of the Gary Harris Show here on Tide 100.9 FM, 1230 AM WTBC. I'm Gary Harris. I got uh, my main man, Justin Jones, doing all the heavy lifting right there. Manning the controls, taking your phone calls on the Krispy Kreme Donuts hotline. Wyatt Fulton hanging out with us as well here. So we got a three-man crew on the TGIF edition. This hour of the Gary Harris Show being brought to you, as always, by my good friends Paul Patterson and Mike Comer. Patterson Comer, attorneys at law. When you need... Uh, Personal injury attorneys, if you've been in an automobile accident, listen, I know there's a lot of commercials out there with those 1-800 firms, and they'll help you out. There's no doubt about it. But don't you like the idea of having an attorney that you can look at in the eye? And uh, we'll be right here with feet on the ground in West Alabama. I know I do. I think it makes a huge difference. And Paul and Mike have known them both a long time. If um, you and the firm come together and decide to... Uh, um, you know, let them represent you, then they're going to be with you the whole way, even if you have to go into the courtroom. And if you do, one of them will be there with you. That means a lot to me. Find out more at PattersonComerLawFirm.com. You can reach Paul in Tuscaloosa at 205-345-1000. Mike is in Northport at 205-759-3939. Toll free from anywhere, 866-507-9091. Again, PattersonComerLawFirm.com. No representation is made that the quality of legal services to be performed is greater than the quality of services performed by other lawyers. And hour number two here, if you want to get involved in the program, give us a call on the Krispy Kreme Donuts hotline, one 800 
All right, one eight hundred. Got eight hundred in my mind now. Two zero five three four two nine nine zero four. A lot of different numbers that I have to keep up with. Two zero five three four two nine nine zero four. We're wide open right here. Justin, that good conversation there with Charlie Potter. I really enjoyed uh, his insight. He is on the beat every day and follows it very very closely. But we were talking about the way these games are set up, and obviously you hope to get to Houston. Clearly, you want to win. And when you go to Houston for the national championship game, it's played on a Monday. I don't think the team even goes out until Friday. I mean, you get out there, it's all business. But this is still the Rose Bowl. This is still the college football playoff. They're going to go out, I think, six days in advance. So you're preparing to play the biggest game of the season, but it's still a it's still an event. They'll do they'll do media stuff. They'll do you know hospital visits. There'll be dinners. There'll be functions. So that's why I said I think it's so important here what you do while you're preparing because once you get out there, yes, you're preparing to play a game, but there's a lot that goes with that. I've covered these teams on these trips and the players' itineraries. Boy, they're 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 full every day. I mean, out of all of the bowl games, the Rose Bowl is maybe it's a granddaddy of them all. Yeah, granddaddy of all. Maybe not the the most events prior to the game, but the biggest it's the the rose parade it's one of the biggest things in the country and uh, i'm sure the events around the uh, the bowl game as well are just gonna all combine into one great big uh extravaganza it really does and like i said you're preparing to play a game but the players they there are a lot of things that they do on this trip now like i said once you get to uh if you if you win that game and get to houston then you're you know you're just out there for the weekend and it's all business there's no there's no events or anything like that but while they're out in uh Pasadena for the Rose Bowl. There'll be there'll be media functions. There'll be um, um, you know there'll be like I said, hospital visits and 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 dinners and things like that. that the players participate in. So you are still trying to balance playing in the college football playoff semifinal and then rewarding these players and these coaches for the season that they've had. So there's a balance there, but nobody does it better than Nick Saban. Nobody's more equipped to handle it than Nick Saban. Nobody's done it more than Nick Saban. I mean, the history of college football since the BCS era, no one has played in more BCS national championship games or or uh, college football playoff games than Nick Saban and the teams that he's coached. So you're you know he's uniquely qualified for some of these for some of these schools like for Texas. This is the first go round, you know. Uh, now Washington has been in the college football playoff, and in fact Alabama beat them back in. Um, 2016 over in Atlanta in the college football playoff semifinal. So, so the program Washington has been through it, although it's been a while, but for Texas, it's the first time. Washington, it's the, you know, it's been a while. And for Michigan, now this is their third straight year. So they're familiar with how, how it all operates, but nobody's done it as much as Nick Saban. And, uh, he'll have this team, the balance between preparing for the game and also letting them enjoy the fact that they're playing in the Rose Bowl, in the college football playoff semifinal. That's something that, um, He'll handle very, very well with this with this team. I know we talked earlier with some of the callers about the coach that was previously at Michigan that we just brought in. How much do you think Coach is, uh, Saban is going to him for preparing for this game? Um, and it's just so much in advice and what to expect with play calling. I think a lot. I mean, again, you're talking about a guy who he's only been removed um, for one year. And, I mean – he was a linebacker's coach. So um, George Hilo has a, a, a very close relationship with Jim Harbaugh based on coaching for him for two years. And he's got very 
good insight into that program defensively how they work. So I don't think they listen. I think George Hilo was hired because he's a good coach. He's got an association to Alabama. There'll be a spot for him on the staff going forward. But do I think it helped him get this job that he just coached for Michigan for two years and knows how they do things and he can come in here right now? I think that Coach Saban will go to him a lot and say, you know, you know, how do they do this? How do they do that? So yeah, Justin, I mean, don't you? I mean, I mean, it's not, I don't think it's a coincidence that he's getting this job and he coached at Michigan in 2021 and 2022. No, I don't either. I don't think, I was just, I don't think it's the only reason, but yeah, definitely. And I, I'm just curious to, I guess, to how much they would lean to him because we know how thorough coach is and he wouldn't bet all of his game planning on, on one guy, of course. Um, I guess my inner question is just how how much of an impact is it going to be to the day to day practice for the team as they prepare for this? Yeah, game? no, I don't know that. You know, listen, Alabama's going to practice the way they practice. They're going to prepare the way they prepare. Um, all he's able to do, I guess, is like you, you know, I said, give him give him some insight. I mean, it's not like I think they're going to be sitting down with George Hilo and hey, you know, put the game plan in for us or anything like that. So, I mean, Alabama's going to be prepared, and they'd be prepared whether George Hilo's on the staff or not. But do I think he gives them some good insight? I Obviously, but this happens. Listen, there are coaches that have been on Nick Saban's staff, and you know this. And then the very next year, Alabama's coaching against those guys. So, you know, how much knowledge do they have? It's still at the end of the day, it's about who plays the best in the game and all the insight that you can get. You're gonna, you're going to take it, but you still have to go out and play. And it's even with Michigan with the sign stealing stuff that went on, and you know that's kind of quieted down a little bit, but. Do I think that it gave them an advantage to some degree? Sure, or else they would have been trying to do it. But you know, in the game, you you still have to you still have to make plays. And if you're if you're a lot better than than the team you're playing against, I don't know that it matters if they even know the plays that you're going to run. And in fact, I have read some accounts of of games where a team, for whatever reason, was able to pick up on the signs during the game and knew the plays, you know, and and still couldn't stop it. So. Uh, but no, it's, do I think it's an advantage for Alabama? Sure, I do. And I, I think, I think mentally too, that, um, I think for Alabama, it's just like it, that kind of is in the head of Michigan now. Oh my gosh, they've got, they've got George Hilo. So I think sometimes it might be a little bit of a, um, it's, it's, um, you know, it, it's it's just anything that you can get to have an advantage. You know, that's that's what you do. That's what this is all about. And you're trying to win a national championship. These are hard to win. Uh, we're spoiled because Nick Saban's won six of them. But um, you know, most of these schools—Michigan, Texas, Washington—it's been a long time for all those three schools to win a national championship. So there's a lot on the line. If you can get an edge, you take it. Let's jump out on the Krispy Kreme Donuts hotline and talk to Josh over in Georgia. Good morning, Josh. Good morning, Gary. How are you? Very well. Um, so I've been looking, starting to evaluate this Michigan-Alabama matchup, and one thing you know that they'll do is they want to try to run the football with Blake Corum, but with an SEC defense, you know that's difficult to do. So how do you feel like that their offense matches up with our defense from your perspective? Well, you know, Corum is a downhill running back, and uh, – he is great in the red zone, but he's got a little burst to him, too. And I think you're right, Josh. They want to establish the run. Uh, J.J. McCarthy, the quarterback, is a potential playmaker. I say potential playmaker because he's had games where he's looked, 
you know, look like a Heisman Trophy candidate, and he's had other games where he's looked very pedestrian to me. But he can make plays, and their receivers can make plays. I mean, again, this is not this is not three yards in a cloud of dust. Um, they can they can make some plays. I think they want to establish the run and then play action off of that. That's what Harbaugh likes right. to do. You know, this is an NFL offense, and if they can run the ball and get ahead of the sticks, and you're you're constantly in second and four, second and three, they're going to have some success because they're good enough. And the key for Alabama, you know, as you kind of alluded to, is to be good on first down, get them right. in second and long, and then right. that really makes it difficult on them. But I think right. Michigan wants to be balanced. I think they would love to establish the run with Corum, then play action off of that, and then as Alabama's, you know, trying to, to put more guys in the box to stop the run, take some shots down the field. They will take some shots down the field. Um, I got a lot of respect for this offense, Josh, to ask, answer your question. I think they're good. And I think in, in McCarthy, we've seen this before. You know, if he comes up and has one of those games like quarterbacks have had against Alabama in the past and plays out of his mind, uh, you know, then we might be sitting back saying, my gosh, man, uh, you know, he played the best game of his career. But that might be what it takes for them. He, I think the quarterback has to play well. I don't think they're going to win this game. Michigan is going to win this game just running the football. McCarthy's going to have to make play, and he makes some with his legs too, but he's going to have to make some throws. And if he has a good game, they they have a chance to be good offensively. If he doesn't, I think Alabama can shut him down. Sure. And you look at something else, not only the running attack, but he's going up against two of the best corners in the country. And I don't say that just because I'm a Bama fan, but you got Kool-Aid and Terry on. Um, those are pretty pretty good shutdown corners. And if you're going to make some plays, you got to make some throws and make them as what they call the big boy throws. And uh, I'm reminded, I think it was the A&M or the Tennessee game where the kid threw it, whoever the quarterback was. I mean, you know, I could call the quarterback's name, but I can't remember if it was the Tennessee or the A&M game where he threw it on Malachi Moore. And Malachi Moore, you look at him, he, he couldn't have had it covered no better, but he just put it over that back shoulder. So, uh, and I have respect for McCarthy. I'm not saying he's a bad quarterback, but um, I know what you mean. You look at A and M because what two years ago when Zach Calzada played with a bum leg, played out of his mind. He did. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's usually what it takes to beat Alabama. Is you've got to have you've got to have great quarterback play. And you look at the Alabama losses. I mean, even the last last three. You know, Hooker last year, Daniels last year, and and Ewers this year. You know, uh, it's hard to beat Alabama unless your quarterback makes a lot of plays in the game. It is. Um, but I like I like the way we match up. I feel really good about this game. But uh, I just wanted to give some input because uh, I never get a chance to call in on the early shows. I'm usually one of the callers on Ryan's show later in the day. But I'm off work today, so I'm going to take advantage well, of it. Well, I'm glad you took advantage of it, man. And anytime you have an opportunity, I'd, I'd love to hear from you. But Because uh, I think uh, you obviously know the game. You, you, I can tell you've studied it. And uh, I think Alabama's a better team than Michigan. I do. Uh, but as we know, the best team doesn't always win the game. That's why they play them. And uh, if Alabama plays well in the game, I think they'll win. Uh, but if, if they don't play their best, and, and, you know, Michigan's certainly good enough to win. And that's, that's where you're at. You know, if you're, if you're handicapping the game, I think best versus is best, I think Alabama wins. If both teams play their best, I think right. Alabama wins. But if Alabama doesn't play its best and Michigan plays well, um, they're certainly good enough to win the game. They're, you're not you're not 13 and 0 by accident, Josh. You know that. Right. I mean, you do play in the Big Ten, but right. we know that. I mean, you know, you know, the Big Ten ain't got but what three good teams: them, Ohio State, and Penn State, really. So what we could see and looking a little bit at next year's uh, football. Since we're doing away with Eastern and Western divisions in the SEC and the Big Ten, you're looking at possibly seeing 
you know, Michigan, Ohio State in the game, as they like to call it, and then again in the rematch in the Big Ten title game. And seeing that game back-to-back would be interesting, I'm not going to lie. But um, then it really shows you, hey, who, who's ready to play big boy football when you got to play a team back-to-back? And you know very well it's hard to beat the team twice, especially in the SEC. But looking at it from that perspective in the Big Ten makes that look interesting going into next year. It really does. Um, it really does. Crazy times, man, with these schedules and and uh, NIL and portal and all the stuff that's going on. But you know that's the great thing about it. When they run through that tunnel on Saturdays or you know Monday right. whenever they play, it, it's still college football and we still get into it. But uh, you know all the stuff that's going on on the periphery of the game, there's a there's a lot to digest, man. There's no doubt about that. Right. And we don't have an easy schedule, but I'm glad that we uh, we got our quarterback established in Milrow yesterday. It was announced that he was coming back. And in the words of our quarterback Jalen Milrow. Roll tight. See you later, Gary. Thank you, Josh. Great call. All right, 1018, we'll get to the break here. And uh, before we do, I want to mention to you that uh, Houston Hydersteam, there's still time to get your house done before the holidays. And uh, your floor is a very important part of your home. When you're entertaining people for, for Christmas, you want it to look your best uh Houston Hydersteam carpet and upholstery cleaning. They can handle any kind of floor that you have. Carpet, um, hardwood, vinyl, linoleum, whatever it may be, they can take care of it. They can clean those bathrooms. They can get into the showers. If you've got grout, they can deodorize. Uh, they can handle water damage. Uh, we're talking about a, a, a business that's been in business here locally for nearly 40 years. Jackie Houston, his people do it right. They'll give you a free estimate. Uh, professionally trained technicians offering 100% satisfaction. Appointments that you can set around your schedule. No hidden charges or fees. Extra care and attention given to trouble areas. Find out more at HoustonHydrostream.com. That's HoustonHydrostream.com or call them at 205-553-9460. We'll be back after this. Houston Hydrostream Carpet and Upholstery Cleaning in Tuscaloosa. This is O'Connor Golf Course. is an 18-hole championship layout designed by 1976 U.S. Open champion Jerry Pate. Director of Golf John Gray and fitting specialist Bob Montgomery are PGA certified. Mike Chivitz is the head professional and director of the Tuscaloosa Junior Golf Program. Call today to secure a tee time at the Tuscaloosa Championship Golf Course. Everyone can play. 205-562-3201. O'Colony is operated by Para. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. The sky partly to mostly sunny today, the high 62. Tonight, increasingly cloudy with a low at 43. Tomorrow, cloudy with occasional rain, likely the high 60. Sunday, any lingering rain ending during the morning, gradual clearing the high 58. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 54 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Need to know what's going on with the Crimson Tide? Then subscribe to our YouTube channel for exclusive content. On your home for Alabama sports, Tide 100.9, and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Welcome back into the Gary Harris Show. A lot of phone calls in this segment on the Krispy Kreme Donuts Hotline, 205-342-9904. Gary Harris, Justin Jones, and uh, 
Wyatt Fulton hanging out with us too in uh, the morning here on the show and uh, up until 11 o'clock and then we'll make way for the Miller's Edge. Been talking a lot of Bama football, talking some Bama basketball too and ask Charlie about this game at Creighton tomorrow night, Justin. I think that when you look at this Alabama basketball schedule and the difficulty of it and, and the games that they've already played and uh, you know, Arizona, I'm not saying Alabama can't win in Arizona or win in Phoenix against Arizona next week. I'm not saying that. But if you look at the two games between Creighton and Arizona, I mean, to me, the most minimal game is tomorrow night. Uh, Arizona is number one for a reason, and Creighton is uh, number eight, but they did lose to UNLV. And I just feel like that Alabama needs to win this game. I mean, when you're looking back, it comes NCAA tournament selection time. If you're looking back on the schedule, I think this is a win, a game that needs to be in the win column for the Crimson Tide. I really, really do. I I think there's a little pressure on Alabama tomorrow night to play well and get the W. I agree. I think out of this three-game stretch, we just saw Purdue, although we lost. It was definitely hard fight, and I think there was a lot to learn from it. But we need to get one. So if it's uh, not tomorrow, then we need to win against Arizona. But like you just said, Gary, I tomorrow is probably the most winnable out of the three um it's going to be a good game in omaha and i think uh, nate oates is looking to get his guys back on track with a win yeah i uh, i'm looking forward to the game tomorrow night and um uh, seeing what uh, seeing what alabama is able to do and um you know you get the w and it's a real big momentum builder heading into phoenix next week to play arizona you take an l and then you're going to number one Arizona saying, boy, we've lost two in a row, and we're looking at a three-game losing streak unless we can pull a big upset. So, And that would be a, a big upset if Alabama beats Arizona. So tomorrow night I think it's a chance for this Alabama team to to get a win and to um, you know get that uh, momentum going heading into Arizona. Now, listen, if they lose tomorrow night, they're still going to go play Arizona, and they're going to play hard, and you know that's not going to change one way or the other. But I do think your confidence is um, – is better, and I think that your vibe is better heading into Phoenix if you win this game on Saturday night as opposed to, to losing it. I just think that that's a, I just think that's a fact, and I'm interested to watch this game tomorrow night and see how Alabama plays. And defensively, I thought that they did a pretty good job against Purdue, other than Edie, um, but Edie is not going to be on the floor for for Creighton, so it'll be a different <clears throat> be a different kind of game and. Different type of team uh, tomorrow night for the Alabama men's basketball team. This is still a really good team. I just I'm, the only loss that really disappoints me is the loss at home to Clemson. And I know Clemson is good, <clears throat> but Alabama doesn't lose at home very often. And in that ACC SEC challenge, they were not able to get that W over the Clemson Tigers, and that's one that uh, that's one that stings a little bit, I think. And um, you know, the loss to Ohio State down in Destin. That's a game too that I think Alabama. Had a chance on paper going in to win, but the loss at home to Clemson is really a disappointing loss. But uh, tomorrow night, a good chance to get a big road win. All right, let's jump out on the Krispy Kreme Donuts hotline and talk to my pal Ellis. Hey, Ellis, good morning. Good morning there, Gary. How you doing this morning? All right, man. Uh, Is he ready for Christmas? Trying to get there. You know, got so much going on. um, So I can't say that I'm ready for it, but I'm looking forward to it. How about that? Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm ready. I've got one more present next for my mother, and I'll be done. So good for uh, you, granddaughter. I'm just gonna give her money and let her buy what she. You wants. know, I think with with the younger generation, I think they, you know, they love that. I, I think they love cash or a gift card and just hey, let me get what I want. And uh, 
that's you know makes it a lot easier i think on 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 you and it makes them happy because uh you know you don't have to worry about am i getting them something that they don't want you know yeah because i don't know what they play with or do anything nowadays because it's totally different from when i was a kid uh i was wanting to talk about uh the basketball team, uh, what's his name, Marcus, is it Spears, Sears? Mark Sears, yeah, the guard out of Muscle yeah. Shoals that started Ohio. Man, yeah. is, he, is he hot every time he gets on the court? He can shoot it now. He he can score the basketball. He's an outstanding young man, good offensive player, uh, leader on this team. I, I do think defensively um, he's been a little bit of a liability. You know, he's not the tallest guy, so that's an area in which he can improve. But no doubt offensively he's a, he's a very gifted player. Well, that's what's the, the, the team we're kind of down on defense right now, ain't we? Is that our, yeah, is that they the, don't have, you know, they, they miss Charles Bediaco because he was, you know, we talk about rim protectors and, and what that means is basically if you've got a guy like a seven foot Bediaco with long arms is that even if your defense breaks down and you've got somebody at the rim that can still stop the shot. And that's what Alabama's missing right now. When guys are getting beat off the dribble and players are getting penetration into the paint, they're scoring because, uh, you know, with him, that might might not necessarily be the case. You could beat your guy off the dribble, get into the basket area, and still get defended. And that has not been as effective for Alabama this year. So, yeah, I would say the issues with this team are defensively. They can score now. They can score. They can shoot. They can get out in transition. It's just about trying to guard these good teams. That's that's where the issues have been. Yeah, and I plan on being a, I hate to say it, a buddy of mine that's a big UT fan. He wants to go down and see the basketball game, so I plan on coming down and seeing uh, UT and Alabama. Okay. Uh, this year. Yeah, that's that'll be a good one for sure. And and I know you're not you that much time left, but uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna do my best to go to the Music City Bowl this year. Oh, you are. You're gonna go see Auburn and Maryland, huh? Yes, and I'm gonna be all decked out in my Alabama attire. <laughs> I'm sure you'll. I'm, you probably won't be the only I'm one with the game being played in that part yes, of the country. I'll be the only one there in the stand to be dressed up. No, you probably won't be. I bet you, Ellis, I bet you'll be some other Bama fans there. You know how Bama fans are. I mean, I admire you for doing it, but I bet you'll see some other folks decked out in Bama gear. Uh, yes, and it's going to be fun too down there. Get down there early and. Uh, Hang out down there, at Lower Borough, down oh, yeah, there. Oh, that's a great, great, great place. I'll be interested yeah. to see if Talia Tangavaloa plays for Maryland, the quarterback, too, his younger brother. I'm, you know, talked to some people. I hope saying, he does. Yeah, I know you do, but I don't. I wouldn't. He might be preparing for the draft, but we'll we'll see. All right. Well, Gary Harris, you have a good weekend, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Thank you so much, Ellis. Always. Pleasure to hear from you. All right, it's 1030 here. we got to get to our break. And when we come back on the other side, it's time for the Auburn Report with Brett Pritchard. He's battling a, a cold and, and is still going to soldier through for us. So we'll be back to talk Auburn Tigers next right here on the program. Hey, covering University of Alabama sports, as well as the national and local scene as well. The Gary Harris Show, only on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. You're here, I have the Tiger. You know, we're getting ready to talk to Brett Pritchard from the Auburn Blitz. So we'll have him on the line here in just a second. It gives me an opportunity, though, to remind you that uh, T-Town Menswear and T-Town Gallery University Mall is ready for your Christmas 
and holiday business. Tom and the folks there, if you're uh, wanting to look your best for the holidays and you're a gentleman, uh, they can hook you up from head to toe. Everything you need to look incredible in time for the holidays is available to you at T-Town Menswear and T-Town Gallery in the University Mall, plus that one-of-a-kind Alabama football memorabilia collection. Everything in the store is for sale, and he's got some of the rarest pieces uh, that you're going to find, uh, whether it's game-worn helmets, jerseys, gloves, cleats, of course, all the incredible prints available right now at T-Town Menswear and T-Town Gallery in the University Mall. All right, as promised, let's jump out on the Krispy Kreme Donuts hotline and welcome in Brett Pritchard, who uh, is under the weather but still gracious enough to join us. So, Brett, we appreciate it. Good morning, and uh, thanks for battling through. Hey, man, that's, that's the way it goes, but I... Uh, you just bear with me on my voice. Might be calling all those games last week at the Super Seven. <laughs> Taking a toll well, on you. Let's uh, before we get to Auburn. You know, since you uh, yeah. are part of the Alabama High School Athletic Association Radio Network, I mean they're always good. But I thought for one year, for seven games, that might have been as good a high school football as we've we've seen at the Super Sevens. I mean, all the games were most of them were down to the wire, but all of them were intriguing. Plenty of great athletes, of course, capped off by that classic in the 6A final between Sarah Land and, and Clay Chalkville. But it was quite a three days at Bryant-Denny Stadium. It was. Uh, weather was really good. Uh, uh, yeah, you're right. I'm glad I didn't sound like this last week. <laughs> I wouldn't have been able to make it. But, uh, but yeah, uh, I think the 7A game got it started. Uh, two really good teams. We, we knew those were the two best teams probably all year in 7A. Uh, they ended up meeting at Bryant-Denny Stadium. And, uh it's a two-point game, and you know the playmakers made plays in that game. I thought Trent Seaborn uh, really made some really good throws to to keep Thompson in the game. And you know, I didn't think Phoenix City played their best game. I thought that uh, you know when they needed to make a play, they did, but made several mistakes, uh, most a couple punts, uh, really uh, put themselves in a bad situation, kept Thompson hanging around, and usually that's bad news. But you know, Phoenix City finally able to get back over that hump and win another state championship. Um, Cam Coleman, obviously a big part of that. And, uh, you know, they got other talented players, but, you know, he's a game changer. And, you know, you look at the 6A game, um, you got uh, probably two of the best athletes and maybe in the country uh, that were facing off against each other. And, uh, you know, Ryan Williams and Jalen Mbakwe. And, you know, that was a pleasure to call that game, Gary. I mean, I've called. A bunch of really good games in 17 years, but you know that one right there probably is at the top. And you know it was just like a heavyweight fight. Uh, both teams just every time they they made a play, the other team would make a play. And you know I know it's controversial. I know a lot of people maybe second guessing Jeff Kelly and uh, why he made that decision to to go for it with five seconds. But you know he's got a great team and. uh you know, I think he felt like uh, they had a good opportunity and a good play dialed up uh, to win the game. And, uh, you know, he was just about a yard short uh, from, from doing that. And, uh, you know, you got K.J. Lacey and players like that. You know, the previous play, he just run for about 15 yards. And they felt like maybe he could do it again. But D.J. Barber, another phenomenal player that's committed to Auburn, comes up and makes a play in that game. So, you know, it's just playmakers making plays. Uh, you know, five continue to do what they do every year. So uh, win another state title. Yeah, it was a good Super 7. Yeah, no doubt about it. All right, let's move on to Auburn, and uh, we'll start with football because uh, 
uh, National Signing Day is is coming up uh, beginning of the National Signing Period for December coming up on Wednesday. I know Auburn has been eagerly anticipating this first full opportunity for uh, Hugh Freeze to put together a recruiting class, and um, they've picked up some huge commitments over the last few months, and I know there's a lot of excitement about what, uh, what Hugh Freeze is going to be bringing into Auburn when uh, the signing period starts on Wednesday. Yeah, uh, some really good players. Um, you know, this guy has hit the ground running since he's been at Auburn and, uh, you know, relentless. You know, that's what it takes in this league, Gary. We know that, uh, to compete, you got to have the players. Uh, when Nick Saban arrived at Alabama, you know, he had to change the culture, but, you know, he also had to, to get the talent where it needed to be. And, uh, you know, I think that's what you freeze understands. He's probably slept a total of, uh, you know, about, 10 hours all week, uh, this past week. He's been all over the place and, you know, he really started that when he got to Auburn. I mean, he, uh, he said we had a lot of work to do and got to go see people. And, you know, Auburn just wasn't seeing people, Gary, uh, with Brian Harson and just weren't in the mix. And, you know, you got to put yourself in there and, and give your team a chance. And, uh, you got to, you got to battle for the top players. You know, uh, this class is up to number 11. In 24-7, they're up to number nine in rivals, uh, still with some big names sitting out there. Um, you know, it's always interesting. Um, when, when you come down to signing day, I know Ryan Williams reclassifying is a big deal because Auburn, uh, really feels like they have a shot at him. He's been committed to Alabama for a long time, but, um, you know, he's going to wait till February and make that decision. So Auburn's going to continue to push hard just like Alabama is. And, you know, I think Auburn getting Cam Coleman last Friday was massive, uh, for this class. Uh, I mean, he was right up the road again at that Phoenix City powerhouse. And, you know, Auburn's allowed, you know, the Justin Rosses and, and those type players to get away from them locally. And, uh, uh, that was a huge hit to go along with, you know, Perry Thompson, who flipped back in the summer. If Auburn can hang on to him, I know Alabama's pushing really hard to try to get him to reflip back to them, and, and that's just the way this game is played. You know, but then you get a guy from, from Florida in Jamonta Waller, and, and Auburn's trying to flip a Maris Williams as well. Uh, maybe. Uh, I think there's a, a lot of crystal balls out there that he will flip his commitment to Auburn. So, you know, this this class sitting there at number 9, 10, 11 has a chance to, to be a top-five class if Auburn can find some more of these guys. Let's get to uh, the bowl game coming up, uh, the Music City Bowl in Nashville against uh, Maryland. Um, I don't know if Talia Tangavaloa is going to play or not. There's some chatter up there that he might skip the bowl game to prepare for the draft. But Maryland's a solid team. And, and listen, uh, you know, as you just said, it's really at this point for Auburn it's about recruiting. But um, you get a chance to play a bowl game in a great atmosphere there in Nashville. And, you know, like it or not, this first season is going to be remembered as a winning season or a losing season. And it's all going to come down right. to this bowl game, 7-6 or 6-7. and seven. You know, at the end of the day, big picture, does it make that big a difference? Probably not. But I think it makes a difference. And I, I think that, uh, you know, I've always felt like I don't care what anybody right. says. Brandon, you and I have talked about this. Oh, these games don't mean anything. My gosh, man, I, I get so sick of hearing that. You know, you're a college football player. You work all year. You do all this stuff. You get the payoffs when you play in the game in front of thousands of people that want to watch you play. I'm not buying it. I, I think these bowl games are important. I think they're big for the, the players involved, and I think for Auburn it's a chance to have a winning record. Yeah, I think there's a lot on the line for Auburn in this game. I know uh, to, to most people it's just another bowl game. and uh, But, you know, he Freeze won't end this season on a high note for these players, uh, for this program. They want to continue to show – 
positive momentum. Uh, I mean, if you look at some of the games this year, you know, really the only two games that you look at from Auburn standpoint against bigger opponents or, or top opponents like Texas A&M, LSU, those two games kind of got away from them. But, you know, they lost to, to Georgia 27-20. to 20. Uh, They lost to Alabama on the last play of the game. Uh, you know, they were right there uh, in these in some of these bigger games. They lost to Ole Miss 28-21. You know, if you flip that fortune, Gary, in those three games, Auburn's 9-3. and three. And with a very, very limited roster and a rebuilt roster. So, kind of, you, you kind of got to look at the good with the bad. Uh, we kind of knew that this was going to be a, a six and six, seven and five type team. And that's where the team ended up being. You know, you lose to the likes of New Mexico State and, uh, and, and, and don't play well against some of these other teams. The record kind of came out to be what it was. But yeah, you're right. I mean, you play a seven and five Maryland team. Um, you know, I think you embrace the opportunity if you're these players to go out there and say, look, you know, we're, we're building and we're planning for the future. Uh, I think Peyton Thorne wants to come out uh, and, and probably play well in this game, obviously, because, you know, uh, I, I think he played better as the year went along. Mm-hmm. But I think he still has a lot to prove. And I think Auburn's still looking to see if he's the right guy at quarterback, especially with all these receivers coming in. So, yeah, you're right, Gary. I mean, you know, you don't get these days back. Once they're gone, they're gone. So uh, embrace those. I, we try to tell high school kids that all the time. Uh, when they're in the moment, I said, you'll miss this one day when it's all over. And, uh, you know, the same for these college kids. Most of these guys don't go pro. Uh, so a lot of them, it may be the last time they put on, you know, a helmet and shoulder pad. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up Peyton Thorne because, uh, and you're right, Auburn is, uh, you know, might still get a quarterback out of the portal. Uh, you know, Robbie Ashford's still on the, on the roster and, and, uh. Well, he just entered the portal. Oh, he did enter the portal. Okay. Yep. Well then I'm glad you, I did, I was not aware of that. So, so Ashford is in the portal. Okay. Yeah. That's... Yeah. It, well, it just, you know, basically, and, and I don't think anybody's surprised by that. I just saw that before I went on the air with you, uh, and that, that, uh, that he's entered the portal and, you know, that doesn't mean that he doesn't come back to all, but he's I think, I think Robbie Ashford understands kind of the direction, um, of, of where things are going and he had an opportunity to prove if he was the guy for Hugh Freeze or not. And I think Hugh Freeze really gave him a fair shake. And I think he gave him the benefit of the doubt. And, you know, it just didn't work out. Now, then again, it doesn't mean that he ends up leaving and going anywhere. But uh, he's going to be – he is in the portal. And um, I would expect him to transfer and try to play quarterback somewhere else. Yeah, I, I would too. Great. Yeah, I'm glad you – of course, uh, I didn't see it. Now I'm pulling it up. You're right. It just happened a few minutes ago. Um, right. And um, But but so to get back to Thorne, though – uh, of course, Garner's there too, and you're bringing in a talented freshman, but it appears that Thorne would be the favorite to win the job, uh, next year. But if they bring in, a, and even if they don't bring in a portal quarterback, which I think they will, he'll have to uh, win a competition. But you said he played better down the end of the year. I, I agree with you. He's got a lot of experience. Would he be your pick right now as we look ahead to 2024 to be the guy or does it depend on who they bring in out of the portal? Well, I think, I think it depends on that, but I think Holden Gurner's going to have something to say about it. Gary, I think, uh, you freeze is high on Holden Gurner. Uh, you know, we all have kept hearing how well he throws the football and, you know, we kind of continue to wait and see why he hasn't had a chance or maybe more of a chance, but maybe, uh, he freeze thinks this coming up here and all season is going to be his time. Um, you know, I think, uh, there's some hesitation for, 
Hugh Freeze to just go out there and grab another QB because he wants to hang on to Holden Gurner. I think he doesn't want Holden Gurner to get in uh, the portal. Uh, I think he wants him around. I think he understands he's a really good player. So, um, you know, I don't know how much confidence uh, Hugh Freeze ends up having in either one of those guys. But uh, right now, I think it's Peyton Thorne's job because he's the starting quarterback. And, you know, we'll kind of see how he handles things uh, in this bowl game and in the offseason. All right, Brett Pritchard with us for the Auburn Blitz. Uh, let's get to some basketball. Auburn is playing really well right now, and Sunday is going to be one of those uh, be one of those special games because of the fact that uh, USC comes in, but Bronny James is playing, and there is a lot of buzz uh, that LeBron might be in Auburn for for the game. So it's a big game anyway. But you add in Bronny James, then you add in the possibility of LeBron, and this could be uh, this could be one of those special atmospheres down at uh, Neville Arena. Yeah, uh, I think this is a hard sellout, and uh, like most of the home games at Auburn, and, you know, Bronny James getting clear uh, about a week and a half ago has already played in a game. Yeah, the rumors of, of LeBron coming just add to it, but uh, I think you know business as usual for this Auburn basketball team. Uh, they understand this is a team that they went out uh, west and got beat by last year. Uh, this is a very good uh, guard team with Boogie Ellis and. Uh, Bronny James back there and, you know, Bruce Pearls mentioned that, you know, really good guard teams, you know, make him more nervous than good post, post teams because of, you know, the ability to get out there and defend and, and be able to do the things you need to do on the perimeter. So, um, you know, USC five and four, but, uh, don't let the record, uh, fool you. This is a good basketball team. It'll be a crazy environment. Uh, again, you know, the football program will have a bunch of official visitors down. Also have a bunch of unofficial visitors uh, at at Neville Arena, so you know what a what a great opportunity for recruiting uh, to bring those guys in and, and and have them in this environment. And Bruce Pearl understands the the mission here. Uh, it, it, he you know he's got to keep keep his team focused and ready, and you know you know block out all the distractions of what the environment will be. But you know USC will understand coming into Neville Arena. You know, it's it's a tough place to come in and win. You got to play outstanding basketball to come away uh, with a win out of that place. So, but yeah, it's going to be uh, one of the best environments uh, uh, in probably the last couple of years, uh, and it's not even a conference game. So, uh, uh, a lot riding on it. Auburn hasn't had the strongest, uh, you know, non-conference schedule leading into SEC. That was a big win against Indiana, but uh, I think they want to prove that. You know, they're, they're continuing to build off of, uh, you know, two wins right here with Indiana and UNC Asheville, and they want to keep that momentum going. Yeah, no doubt about that. All right, great stuff, Brett. I'm not going to keep you any longer because I know you got to rest your voice, but, um, fill all the listeners in on, you know, how they can find you on social media and tell them, uh, you know, give them a word about the Auburn Blitz. Yeah, I appreciate it, Gary. I'm, I'm sorry out there to everybody. I apologize for sounding like I sounded today, but yeah, we're going to fight through it. Um, uh, you can catch us every day, noon to one, on Auburn Blitz. Uh, you can find us online and on social media at Sports Blitz. You can catch us on Charter, uh, Channel 701 and Channel 80. Also catch us on uh, uh, Roku TV and YouTube. So uh, a lot of places to pick us up every day. Thank you, Brett. Get better, buddy. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you, Gary. All right, 10:49 here on the Gary Harris Show. This hour being brought to you by Patterson Comer Attorneys at Law, and we'll be back with one final segment before we hand it off to the Miller's Edge. And uh, we got time for phone calls in this final segment. Um, 
If you want to give us a ring on the Krispy Kreme Donuts hotline, 205-342-9904. We'll be back to wrap it up. The TGIF edition rolls on right after this. Krispy Kreme is a Tuscaloosa tradition since 19... 19- this has evolved. It will always be that place to escape and have a good time. Whether it's for a game day weekend, to reminisce on college days, or to create new memories, if you're looking for a good time, there's only one thing to do. Head to the free at 1925 University Boulevard. And don't forget about the Lucky Lunch Meat and 3 special. Monday through Friday from 11 a.m. until 2 p.m., get a meat and 3 vegetables for just $8.49. Or for a lighter appetite, try the Lucky Lunch soup, salad, or sandwich combo. I'll see you at the free. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. The sky partly to mostly sunny today, the high 62. Tonight, increasingly cloudy with a low at 43. Tomorrow, cloudy with occasional rain likely, the high 60. Sunday, any lingering rain ending during the morning, gradual clearing, the high 58. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 55 degrees in Tuscaloosa. For more from Tide 100.9, let's it fly! Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and SoundCloud. Ten fifty-two. When you hear that tune, you know we're winding it down for another week, but we're not done yet. So we've got uh, about four minutes left in the program. If you want to give us a ring on the Krispy Kreme Donuts hotline, love to hear from you at two zero five three four two nine nine zero four. Good show today. We want to thank Charlie Potter from Bama Online, Brett Pritchard from the Auburn Blitz. Obviously, want to thank you for listening. And uh, I know it's going to be busy out there this weekend with all the Christmas shopping that's going on. This is the next to last weekend before Christmas, but uh, next weekend. We'll be right up and, you know, right up before Christmas because, um, Saturday will be the final shopping day and then Sunday's Christmas Eve and then Monday's Christmas. So there'll be a lot of people out and about this weekend. So be careful out there. It's going to be, uh, going to be a little bit crazy, but the weather is, uh, uh, been fairly nice. Although I think we got some rain in the forecast for this weekend on Saturday. So again, that'll make it even more, um, important that you Pay attention when you're out on the roadways. Again, for Alabama football, uh, they get back on the practice field tomorrow. Alabama basketball is uh, on the road tomorrow night in Omaha to take on Creighton. So we'll have a lot to talk about when we come back on Monday coming out of this weekend. And then next week, beginning on Monday, we get media availability with Nick Saban. We get um, players. So we'll have, um, we'll have a lot to uh, talk about and a lot to review next week uh, here on the Gary Harris Show. So we're going to look forward to that. And I'm normally not in on the weekends, but because it's the holidays and we're short-staffed at the TV station, I'll be on the sports this weekend too, uh, Justin, tomorrow night at 10 o'clock and on Sunday at 10 o'clock. So you're welcome to join me uh, this weekend and uh, catch all the latest sports, like I said, including Alabama football and uh, Alabama basketball. So here's some breaking news in regards to um, – Basketball recruiting, uh, Darion Reed, Justin, who is a top 20 prospect, will announce his college decision a week from today. His finalists are Alabama, Georgia, and Florida State. This is one of the best players in the country, and this is a big, big recruit for Alabama. And I'll be honest with you, uh, Justin, I feel like Alabama is going to get this commitment. I do. And listen, I know Georgia has pushed hard, hard. Same thing for Florida State, but I'm, I'm, you know, this is what they call now, Justin, you, you follow this too. This is what they call a five star plus. Used to it just stopped at five star. Now, now five star plus, which is even a notch above. Uh, but he is, uh, playing a prolific prep 
out there in California, but he's originally from Augusta, Georgia. So uh, it'd be a big pickup. You follow recruiting a little bit. Do you feel good as good as I do about Alabama here? I follow, uh, I'm not as familiar with the basketball recruiting, but I wouldn't be surprised. I think Nate Oates has shown that he can go out and get guys um, recruited to this Alabama team, and I think that's the biggest difference since he's been on campus is you have people that actually want to come and play basketball for Alabama now. So it'll oh, be you absolutely do. Yeah. This is a 6'7 kid that uh, is your – you know, your prototypical wing player or small forward, and he's a guy that uh, can score the basketball. He can defend. He is a, um, like I said, he's got the good length, good athlete, runs the floor, um, you know, and he's he's a passer as well. So he's a guy that, um, you know, Alabama wants, and it's going to come down to Alabama, Florida State, and Georgia, and he'll announce next Friday, so we'll be keeping an eye on that. All right, we're going to go ahead and close it out for this week here on the Gary Harris Show. This hour has been brought to you by Patterson Comer, Attorneys at Law. We've got the, the Miller's Edge coming up at 11 a.m., followed by Big Noon Sports from noon until 2, and then Ryan Fowler will take you home with the game from 2 until 6 this afternoon. I'll be back on Monday morning as we'll recap the weekend. For Justin Jones and Wyatt Fulton, I'm Gary Harris. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great day and a weekend. Have a great weekend. Talk to you again on Monday. Listening to the Gary Harris Show on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app.